0: Okay, I'm gonna mute. All right, all.
1: Looks like we're preparing to go live here. Mm -hmm. There we go. I I can't tell if we're in yet. Yeah, I think we've got some participants, definitely. Uh, Looks like we are in uh here with uh Jay Jacobs today hey guys it's me, Liz Josephsberg here, and so excited to see you all kind of piling in at this moment. Um, I love to give everybody just a minute or two to kind of to kind of get on in the room so uh Jay and I are coming at you from New Jersey, yep. separate uh, but together um we are uh Coming at you, right? We didn't know this. Jay and I met. um, Jay, actually, you read my book. You read Target 100 and reached out, and it turned out that we actually live in each other's backyard. So we are in New Jersey, uh, very close to each other. I am in uh, South Orange, and you are in? Summit. Summit. In Summit, okay, yeah. great, great. So uh, we ended up meeting for coffee, I ended up being on Jay's podcast, and uh, we are just extremely excited to be here together today. Even though we're apart, we we have a kinship that started uh, pretty much immediately. Um, I wanted to have Jay on today because this is a really, really difficult time uh, for all of us, I think, with everything that we're going through. Uh, I, we are here today to uh, hopefully bring you you some joy to lighten your spirits to give you hope uh, and to tell you that we care about you and your health and we want you to really focus on yourself while you're listening to us because we're here today to give you tips to give you tricks to take forward uh, into the rest of this pandemic and beyond um, Jay is uh close to my heart because he is one of the few people uh in the weight loss biz, if you will, that has lost uh many. You know, many times lost weight, uh, lost it uh, nine years ago, and has kept it off. So he and I have both kept uh, our weight off about nine, ten years now. So I'm going to give Jay a chance to kind of introduce himself. I know you all know who he is, uh, Biggest Loser Final Four contestant, um, loved by all. Uh, and uh, but I did want him to get a chance to, um, you know, chime in, tell us a little bit about himself for anyone who doesn't know how amazing this is. So welcome, Jay.
2: Thank you, Liz. Um, I'm really excited to do this because you and I get a chance to talk to lots of people, people that are like ourselves, lay people that have been challenged with their weight. And um, I think what I really love about being able to spend the time with you today and sharing what we're going to do together is the fact that even though we have different backgrounds when i read your book i couldn't get over how much you and i are on the same exact page we might call some things a little bit different but the things that you've been sharing with people um, from every kind of walk of life men women children everybody um, we're on the same page and so uh, what i really want to be able to support people around today is share with them what i've learned um, previous Biggest Loser, what I learned during Biggest Loser, and quite frankly, like you shared, it's been nine, almost nine years since our finale. Yes. Um, and, and I know a lot, you know, you and I talked about this before. I think that um, in the future, I think we should probably do uh, a lot of people ask about like what goes on in Biggest Loser, what's behind the scenes, all of that. And I think that there's a whole world of things that we can share with people. Um, and I think that's for a future episode. But for today, like what you said, I think what's most important is what are people doing today in, in one of the most f- strangest times for all of us. Um, and as we know, any of us have been challenged with our weight um, when we're stressed. Uh, I know myself, I know yourself. We we have been stress eaters, emotional eaters. Yeah. Um, and and so we've got literally the walls closing around us. And I think that what's great is you and I have had enough experience. We've had successes, we've had challenges, we've dealt with all kinds of things. I think what we're going to be able to share with people today are what I would call the simplest things to do because I think if there's one thing that I learned from Biggest Loser um, was that all of the things that were going to really make a difference in my life during the show and after the show were quite frankly simple, they weren't complicated. And I think. Um, like I know you've had it happen or when people sit down and, and you and I are talking to people, they're like, what do I do? What do I eat? It's all the what do we do. Yes, yes. And quite frankly, what I know for myself and you know, it's this whole place. It's the thinking behind that. So I'm, I have some little slides that when I speak, oh, I'll, I'll pop something up and just share with you. And I want to go to the most basic parts. Um, yeah. So I could share more things about my background of Biggest Loser, But like you said, um most people know about it know about the show i will tell you the one thing i will say it was without a doubt the most powerful life-changing experience for me i knew there's controversy there's people that think there were times when people thought people had drugs that were like none of those things were the case my daughter and i were on the show um we did it together it was not my dream to be on it it was hers i went (laughs) along and you know against all odds i made it to the final four um which it was not my intention but Things happen that way in the way that I was on the show and some lucky breaks and things happen at the same time. So that's a whole other story in the future. So Mm -hmm. what I did want to start with, just one thing, is basically today, okay? When I shared with people what happens when they're really thinking about their wellness journey, it becomes this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. And, And what I will say, I understand that. Yes. But until you get to the place where you understand that, each day, not 10 months and 10 years, you have one day, you have one thought, you have one action, and literally, it's putting one foot in front of the other. And as silly as that sounds, and I know everyone knows it, but it is a muscle to practice. It is something to do. And so everything that I want to share with you today, any questions or whatever, are all really based on the simplest things to do. Because I don't know about you guys, but I found that every time I've tried to do some Massive program where I had to figure every single thing out. I I have the greatest intentions, but the wheels fall off. Like, literally, I'm halfway through the day and they fall off, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I think that it's really important for people to think about where, they're, where they are right now with COVID-19 and what's happening and what can they do now and how can they maximize. You and I had a wonderful chance to chat yesterday just in preparation for this call, and um, we, we wanted to make sure that, that people took something away and, and, and really found out what is impacting them now, but, but see this time as an opportunity. Right. An opportunity for a little bit of self-discovery, an opportunity to have a little bit of extra time where maybe you are not commuting. Maybe you are not um, having to fly all over the country for your job or um, even are not working right now, which can be stressful, but can present an opportunity. So I'd love to go through that that lens of this time as an opportunity. And yes, we want you to take away simple um, actionable tips today because honestly that's what's gotten us through every single time it was never about some complicated system that we had to adhere to that was some magical formula uh that only a a select few get to know and it's not that at all and you and i are really like-minded on the fact that this is all about the brain and all about how you think so if we can get you back to those simple, actionable things, uh, that will be our goal today. So you wanted to get started in, in a particular spot, please run with, with with the conversation.
2: Back to another slide. Yes. Yeah. i to talk about is permission. Without a doubt, this is probably one of the simplest and most challenging things for people to do, especially right now, mm-hmm. is to give yourself permission to not be perfect, to be actually in a place where you're looking at where you're at, you are not masking things or, or pretending like it isn't stressful. This is a stressful time and you and I've talked about this before, Liz. Um, whoever you have, whether it's somebody in your home or it's somebody like we're doing today, the biggest thing you can do is get in a conversation with someone other than yourself and to be able to have a conversation and express those particular feelings because I know for myself being a stress eater, an emotional eater. And the other part was, um, which you don't have to be overweight to be this, but I was a secret eater mm. and I think it's important too. to really to make sure that people understand that. Cause I've met secret eaters that you would never think they had a quote unquote weight challenge. Um, yeah. I didn't get to 400. My top weight was 435 pounds. I didn't get to 435 pounds by not being a secret eater. For me, I was a secret eater. I felt uncomfortable in eating in front of other people because I was very overweight. But I didn't want you to think I was overweight. It's kind of strange, but in my mind it was like if you didn't see me eating those kinds of foods, then you would think in the old days it would be like we well, must have a really bad metabolism or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's, uh-huh. shame, right? oh, yeah, yeah. it's always a shame, right? Yeah, yeah, was always a shame thing. And what
2: I learned was by outing it and sharing it and being truthful with myself and with others. And I am not perfect. It's Mm -hmm. not like it never, it just snaps and goes away. But what I am is I'm able to be open and honest and share that. And by releasing that and sharing it, it no longer has the same power over me. So back to the word permission. When I talk about permission, I'm talking about giving yourself permission to express feelings, emotions, um, not to wallow in things and woe is me and like, I can't do it. And, and, and you go into it kind of a Debbie Downer mode. I don't mean that. But I mean, really being clear and, and learning what are your challenges. Every one of us has certain things, certain things are the triggers, certain things that emotionally we have a tough time with. Um, whatever that is, you need to find someone else that you can partner with. I will tell you, I've not met many people that have ever been successful in making a change in their weight, well-being, shape, size, health, whatever you wanna call it, however you wanna call well-being, with doing it on their own. I've never seen that really work well. Almost every single person I've ever worked with been around that's been successful, that I've been inspired by. They were willing to give themselves permission to open their mouth and to share with other people what was going on in their life. So I, I would say permission is critical. The very first step to do, And the very first thing that's going to make a difference in your life.
1: Well, I love that too. It's really interesting, Jay. I have been doing a series of web... Casts with a series of different professionals from anywhere from financial, you know, mm-hmm. wellness to to talking to you today to talking to a therapist and a yoga specialist. And um, it's so odd; every single conversation has had the word permission in it.
0: Interesting.
1: Even the yoga, the, this woman who's like a, a deep therapy yoga, amazing woman. She said, "Give yourself permission to begin again."
0: Interesting.
1: At any moment, permission permission is such a strong and powerful word. And I love the way you're using it here, which is having that permission to speak up and, and open your mouth and discover who you are, not you in some magical diet, um, you know, time warp of I'm just going to eat what someone tells me to do. No, I'm going to give myself permission to find out what's right for me. Mm -hmm. Who am I in this. Um, This is another reason why it's so important for me to speak with you and I want to reiterate that today is just a series of conversations that Jay and I are going to have over the course of the next few weeks. Um, and, And you are more than welcome to ask us questions in the question and answer box. Um, But we have a real like-minded sensibility because Jay coaches and has coached thousands of people to very large weight losses um, and beyond. So I think he and I have seen and met and been around and seen what separates the men from the boys, right? If you will. Um, So I love that one of those key pieces was that you saw Maybe they didn't have that voice in the beginning, right? Maybe they didn't come to you with that voice of permission, but over right. time you help them to develop the permission to do it their own way. And I love that.
2: Yeah, it, it's interesting. One of the, the, the main yeah. things, I didn't know it at the time, one of the big things that made me be what I would call, when I say successful, not perfect, but successful over the long haul on getting on Biggest Loser and coming away from that, from, a, from really changing my mindset, was right before um, they took away our cell phones and our laptops and everything, because when you're there, there's n- there, you have nothing other than yourself. And I will tell you, to go away, and now my daughter was with me, so Jenny and I had that relationship. But let me tell you, when you're on a reality show, your brain is in a whole different place. So it's not oh, like we're yeah. like, you know, having fun together. We're, like, we're both trying to get our stuff figured out. Right before they took away my cell phone, I called my wife, Kim, and I said, look, um, I have gained and lost 100 pounds probably a dozen times. And my goal when I was there, what I gave myself permission, and I did not know the word at that time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was going to be the real catalyst. I gave myself permission to become a blank slate. I allowed myself to say my entire life, I've known what hasn't worked. And I've told the stories of what hasn't worked. I've talked about all the things that that i should have done or could have done or things that i didn't or diets that i was on or extra every single thing you can think of i was in the stage of my life where everything i knew that i believed in didn't work and i knew if i kept doing that i would come back in a controlled environment you can lose weight on biggest loser in a controlled environment when you don't have any other distractions and you're eating the best food you got trainers and you have no job you don't have anything else to do Anyone can lose weight in a controlled environment. What I knew was when I came home, I was going right back to the same environment that I was in before. So the only thing that was gonna make a change was how I thought about that and what I started to exercise as muscles. So I started to give myself permission to every day, practice and think differently. And that's why when I started with a thing one day at a time, it's literally, it's a muscle, it's a mental muscle It yeah. takes time. And, and one of the things that you also said when I'm working with people, um, I will share things with them in the beginning and probably you see even happening today. There's things that I'm sharing with people today that they're like, yeah, I've heard that. And yeah, I get that, but what do I eat? I mean, there's still no, the, what do I eat? Yeah, okay? totally. And what happens is over time, when I've had a chance to be with people, two months or three months later, they're like, you know, I know you said this, this and this, And I heard it, but I didn't get it. But now I get it. And they say, then they'll say to me, you changed my life. I'm like, nope, I didn't change
0: (laughs) No, I didn't
2: do anything. You did. The only thing that happened, you finally gave yourself permission Mm. to actually listen to what you know in your heart is true. And when you do that, then what ends up happening is you make that transformation and you will never be perfect. You're going to mainline, like Kim and I used to sit together at times when we were in the old days, like eating like crazy people and emotionally eating, and we'd have Chips Ahoy and i do a line of Chips Ahoy and Kim would do a line of Chips Ahoy. <laughs> I mean, times. That's what we would do. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Happens,
2: we could
1: all relate.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So it's really, the permission is, it's a blank slate for you to get clear. Yeah about whatever it is you've been doing up to this particular
1: point. I'm so moved by that because so much of what I'm coaching is so so very similar to you. And I'm laughing because I I do a, a course and I had found this little mini Etch-a-Sketch. I don't know if you remember Etch-a-Sketch oh. from, from back in yep. the day. I find these at this 99 cent store. And when you talk about a blank slate, I've been trying to express it. I think yours is much <laughs> better than mine. But I was like, how about if every day you wake up and whatever is on that, Whatever's in your head, let's just
0: love that, love that, love that. That's great.
1: Try to express what you've expressed so beautifully, which is, you know, really, honestly, today's a brand new day and forget about yesterday, forget about everything you think, you know, and really get dive deep into the permission to have, you know, some new learning today, some new discoveries about yourself to give yourself permission to be, uh, you know, to not drag yesterday into today. Yeah.
2: yeah and it is it is which leads to my next slide which is it is practice i know people know that um every single person that i know that has had a challenge with whatever wanting to exercise move a little bit more lose some weight maintain maintenance we'll get into that today too because i think it's critical um it's a practice. It, it, it is without a doubt. I don't care. The, the, the best athletes in the world, they don't always have a great day. They don't always stay on track. They, they, they don't. The difference is they do have support teams and people around them to make sure that it keeps them moving forward when their head goes a little bit screwy or whatever, which is part of the reason why I said in the beginning with permission, you need other people other than yourself to be able to be there so that you can open your mouth and share where you're having a challenging day to move on. Because if you stay to yourself, it will work. But it is a practice. Every single day it is a practice. And back to the permission, there are certain th- days it's like, you know what? A brownie a great thing to have. There's nothing yeah. wrong with a brownie or a cocktail or having carbs or having whatever. It's, I've never met someone unless you have a really, I'll tell you, years ago I was a smoker, a long time ago. So I don't really, if I actually, I think if I could smoke one cigarette a day, I might do it, maybe, but I don't, I know I don't. It's like, so there's. yeah, there's certain things that, that really you need to just kind of stop. But in the world of food, we know we're all going to eat. And I do think that unfortunately, sometimes I know it can be challenged because people say, but we have to eat all the time. And that's my, that's my issue. Mm-hmm. I get that, but that's the same thing that happened with me Be, until I became a blank slate. I used that script as my excuse. Yeah. And so that's where you have to find a new script in terms of like, where am I willing to do some things? A gentleman that I've been working with has done really, really well. He's lost about 75 pounds. His Friday nights is pizza night, and we're, I don't tell him not to have pizza. In fact, we have conversations like, William, where are you having pizza? this friday like i want to hear about these. yeah I want, I want to know people, I, want yeah, to yeah, I want to know about i, I want you want to slow down
0: that pizza. yeah like,
2: definitely. Right? that's the thing. so it's yeah. it's not about um, not doing things it's about practicing the things that you are absolutely passionate about that you really want and slowing down and savoring it because like you know liz as well as i do when we're stress eating emotionally eating um it's like we're mainlining something and we didn't we didn't even enjoy it you know. No,
1: and, and I, I always give people this other perspective too, is like you're doing something smart, right? Every mm-hmm. action has a positive intention. Every single thing we do, we don't try to hurt ourselves. So stop blaming yourself and beating yourself up. There is a right. physiological response to those foods. There is a serotonin release from high salt, high fat, high sugar foods. So right. yes, understanding them as almost like a cigarette or like a drug right. and being very conscious when you allow them in when you bring them into your home like i i don't bring a lot of this stuff in my house because i'm not like some magical weight loss fairy who can wake up in the morning it's like oh cookies don't bother me no they do so i i don't bring a lot of stuff in the house especially now with the stress that we're under again we're not you and i are not magical weight loss gurus Mm -hmm. we're just using some of the strong Uh, skills and practices that we have learned over time I still eat cookies I still get my favorite cupcakes but if I'm gonna get them I get them out of the house I don't bring any home you know I've got all of these kind of lines in the sand of things that I simply can't I can't do them and not understand what the outcome is because I understand what the outcome is I'm not a bad person
0: right
1: I just have been down the road so many times, like you with the cigarette, right? You're not a bad person. We didn't kill anybody. (laughs) You know, like we ate an extra cookie. And moving on, giving yourself permission to move on, permission to not beat yourself up, and go back to, okay, what, you know, just like I love the word practice because it's like yoga, right? You never get mad at somebody who says, I have a yoga practice. And you understand that that means they're trying to get better at yoga. Yeah, (laughs) You don't feel like... (laughs) Really? Well, think,
2: and, th- and think about it this way, Liz, um, even beyond a yoga instructor, what does a doctor have? They have a practice. A yeah. doctor does not have every single thing under the sun figured out. Mm-hmm. A doctor is there to hear you, to listen to what the symptoms are, and then to be able to prescribe something that will help you along that line. You know, so that's one of the things that I, I think where practice, a lot of times people they don't really respect the power of that. That is not easy to do because we want to be perfect. That's why people start on a Monday and they, they do all those kinds of things. There is no magical day. Nope. There's no magical time. There's once again, there's one day, there's one thought, there's one action, there's one meal. There's, that's all there is. You know? Yeah.
1: That was like a very specific question that I got when we reached out to some of my followers to say, what would you like to ask Jay? You know, what would you like to hear? And that was one of the, the key questions that came up is like, hey, I have this, and I'll call it a habit or whatever you want, right. like this this thinking, I'm going to start again on Monday, right? This kind of thing. And they, they wanted you to address that. I think you are addressing it right now, this idea of there isn't really...
2: theres not there, there isn't, and yet I would also say if if that's something that's important to you and you don't wanna let go at this point in time, like a muscle,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I- I'm not gonna make you wrong. The point is you'll make yourself wrong. You know, we all do that. We're, we're all really good at making ourselves wrong. And, and I think I've said this to you before, I do work with both men and women, but I work a lot with women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that one of the things that, that I've learned, especially for women, is they have a hard time owning their success they will be successful and they won't own it. And I have to like literally remind them, like what they will say what they didn't, they will start their conversation with everything that didn't happen, everything they didn't do. And yet then there's all these other things that were really good. And so literally I listen and I stop them and say, I get it, I understand. Let's just try to shift that a little bit the other way. And so let's talk about what you did really do because what happens over time they start, they catch themselves. And mm-hmm. what's really great is a, a few weeks later, a month later, they will come in with a big smile on their face. they yeah. start to talk to me and they're like, I was getting ready to tell you this. I didn't like, I get it. That, it's so important because I think it's just because women are such nurturers and caregivers and they're always giving of themselves to other people all the time. I can't tell you, it's shocking to me. It doesn't matter where they are. I have people that are very athletic, people that do all kinds of things that I can support them around same thing they'll tell me what they did wrong it's like okay we're gonna change the rules you can tell me what you wanted did what you did wrong but where the rule is to start with what you did well what worked for you and what I find is when you start from that place back to permission Mm -hmm. you give yourself permission what did I do today maybe today let's say somebody's listening today and they already started today. And they already said, I'm starting next Monday because I was eating two bagels and lay down the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And They're figured already, I've lost everything today. Give yourself permission to exercise the muscle that you didn't eat six bagels. Like you have
1: to find yes, a way yes. to
0: stop, stop, stop. So yeah. I think that's really I,
1: important. And again, you and I are like sort of speaking the same language. And I always call it sort of almost gratitude. Yeah. If gratitude will shift any, any single thought. So I, I say thoughts have a dark and a light side and yep. you can choose to see the dark side or you can choose to, to practice trying to see the light side. And, mm-hmm. and that is exactly right. I had two bagels. I'm grateful I didn't go for the third. Yeah. And gratitude, again, releases serotonin and allows us to see that there is another way to skin a cat. And mm. I love the way that you called it a script. You called it a script. Yeah. And you talk very much about having a blank slate. I, I talk a lot about the fact that 80% of the thoughts we've had, we've had already.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah and
1: that, if you have heard yourself say the same thing to yourself repetitively, It is just a thought, it is a repetitive thought. The brain is a repetitive machine that is broken and you need to be able to identify that you repeatedly like to go to this particular thought in a particular situation and say, it's just a thought. Doesn't mean I couldn't eat a healthy dinner tonight. Just I don't have to like throw myself on the rocks. How How about if I skin this cat another way, erase that thought and say, hey, this is just a script that I've written Um, and I don't think I want to go from this script anymore. I'd like to write a new one and see how that feels.
2: I would like to, on on that note, I would like to start to open a conversation around maintenance because I'm sure it happens for you all the time. I know it happens for me all the time. People usually come to me and they want to lose weight. Most people start with, they want to lose weight. You would think that being somebody who was on a reality show where it's called The Biggest Loser, and literally we lived and died each week by the scale, literally the scale. Oh, totally. It was terrifying every time you stepped on that scale because you didn't know if you were going to be whisked off. Home. It was just <laughs> once you were there, you didn't want to have to leave. You, were, you, yeah, want you wanted
1: to be able to stay. It was life and death or something.
2: Yeah, it, it really was. So what, when I talk to people about what they say they want to do, I get in a conversation to try to find out what it is they love what they really enjoy because when people think of losing weight let, there's in my world there's nothing fun about the idea of losing weight um which is one of the reasons unfortunately for a lot of people that are contestants so on biggest loser um the challenge is that it's not unusual when somebody's on the show they'll come home and they'll gain the weight back and sometimes gain all the way to more and there's unfortunately there's a lot of really nasty people that were like what well, i had a chance I would have never gained weight. But like, I get that. Okay, there's all kinds of people that do that. But you know what? I don't care whether you're on Weight Watchers, you're on Jenny Craig, you're on XYZ. Every single program, somebody makes a change and then they go somewhere else. And the reason why I think part of it is because this is not thought about from the very beginning. And that is the word pleasure. So when people say to me a lot of times, so what's your secret? How have you been able to you know not go back above 300 pounds or 400 pounds or whatever? And- What I share with them is that one of the things I got from Biggest Leaders was probably the biggest thing was, unbeknownst to me, at some point in time, I don't remember when, I actually started to feel good. I started to feel fit. I started to feel confident. And I think any of us in our life that's gone through some kind of transformation, we've all felt that. And we got to the point where it felt really good. And then we let go a little bit. And it doesn't take too long if you've been challenged with your weight. Give yourself 10 or 20 pounds, and all of a sudden, then you start thinking that thought, shaming, it's too hard, blah, 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 And all of a sudden, you go from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 100, 200 pounds. Like, you just go the other way. Yeah, yeah. When I think about maintenance, what I would say is, you don't want to actually think about losing weight. You want to actually think about what is the life that you want to live? Like, what would that look like? What is the way in which you would like? What, what, what's pleasurable? Mm-hmm. What what really can you live with? So for me now, like I've always been a foodie. I've always been good at cooking. I love food. I love ingredients. You know,
1: everyone, you to, you've got to follow Jay on social media too, because he is, he's a total foodie.
2: Like, I, Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it. The yes. difference is I've learned how to slow down and savor. I've learned how to prepare in different ways. There are certain times that I will eat something that is, Full cal- whatever that is and there's sometimes won't but what the difference is I my appetite is not what it used to be like my wife and I a lot of times I'm like how do we eat this way how do we go and have the appetizers and full entree and the full like we literally we over time both of us have been able to mentally and even physically like we don't eat like we did and there are definitely things that we totally enjoy. And I will also tell you, Jenny and I, you know, from, from when Jenny and I came back from Biggest Loser, one of the weird things that had happened, things that we were in love with certain kinds of food, we kind of lost our taste for some of it. Not all of it.
0: Yeah. For no, a lot of it. So
2: th- that's once again, permission, practice, practice, all of that Where after a while, I can tell you, I don't lead a miserable life. I oh love, how, I have challenges, yeah. but I love how I feel and also, it's funny, I want to mention this, too, back to pleasure. Um, yesterday, before we talked, you had wanted to get your exercise in. Yeah. And you got it in. It wasn't the kind of Liz exercise that you might have been at the top of your game and yourself mentally, but you got it in. Yeah. Um, the same thing for me this morning. I did two, two different Peloton rides, 30 minutes each. Um, I will tell you, for the people that don't like to exercise, fine, whatever that would be. I found for myself the pleasure of moving before I start my day, the cascading ripple effect that happens for me, making better, better choices throughout the day, makes such a difference. And I find, Even if I walk out the door and go around the block, I've got a better shot at the rest of the day going better. So if you get up and do nothing and say, I can't because I have a job, I don't care what it is. Circle your frigging coffee table. You need to do something to have a sense of like, some level of i made a motion in a direction that's serving me versus slaying.
1: Yes, oh, right? It's so funny because I even, I was just talking, uh, I did a, another webinar for a company that I've consulted for for years, which is a, a numberless scale called the Shape-A-Scale. Yep. And it, um, it's so interesting because they've done some pilots and we've done some research. And literally, you just step on this little thing on the floor. You never see a number. You can see some feedback on an app if you want to. The science and the pilots prove that just by taking one action towards yourself in yeah. the morning, even if it's just saying, I care enough to step on this box, which is ridiculous, right? Right that they actually took better care of themselves for the rest of the day. So what you're saying, there's science behind it. There's even further science behind what we know are the endorphins that are released uh, for the rest of the day, which create better mood, more energy, less. So most of us are eating because we want more energy, because we're tired, because we don't mm-hmm. feel well, because we want something to escape to, right? We're, there's so many things, but when you set your day up to that you already feel good and have good energy, release some endorphins, get some terror serotonin flowing the best the rest of the day that the research project after research project shows um the other thing though pleasure the you know i'm a personal trainer i'm a nutrition exercise specialist i train people and um the ones that i've seen have success are the ones who find pleasurable exercise for themselves whatever that may be definitely don't question it. I have a, a wonderful client who we started out and she was like, God, I just always wished I had been a ballroom dancer. Mm. I was like, So why don't we just call Arthur Murray and get you some classes? And she's like, Oh, no, I'm too old. And da, 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 da. I was like, No, I think that would be a good thing to do. So we started her out. She now is competing professionally in her 50s wow. as a ballroom dancer. Like, it's unbelievable what you can do when you open a door to pleasure, to doing something. She doesn't go to the gym. She's like, why would I move in dancing, like doing all these amazing things with my body that I never thought I could. So I'm going to encourage people not to think of exercise in a traditional manner, but to really find things that make make sense to you and are pleasurable to you um, right now.
2: You know, that's that's a very powerful thing for people to get. And the other part that is a kind of a behind the scenes um, thing that is not many people know about Biggest Loser. Um, when you're on a reality show, they don't really show what you, we ate because believe it or not, unless you have like um, Curtis Stone coming on, which we did for, you know, like a celebrity chef makes for good TV, okay. but people eating healthy food Unless it's somehow addressed in a particular almost like a celebrity chef way, it doesn't make for good reality TV. What makes yeah. good for good reality TV is people pushing trains, jumping off of buildings, throwing yeah, yeah, up, the yeah. gym, like all that stuff, okay? Right. Standing on yeah. scale. What people didn't know was that we had when our season especially, we had Bob and Jill as our trainers, okay. And what was happening was behind the scenes, we had other trainers that were their trainers that would be there with us when Bob and Jill weren't around. They were around for the TV part. They were around for the last chance workout, which makes for great TV. Right. That's not what we did every day. Basically what would happen is after we had the TV scene that would go on for the challenge of something in the gym, basically Jill said to us, your assignment for the rest of the week is walk to China. And in the beginning, was like, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. All we did Because we had nothing else to do, and I understand that people have jobs, but all we did, for the most part, was we just walked. We were constantly in a state of motion. We weren't sitting; we were moving. And even what happened because we didn't have TV, we didn't have internet or anything. When we were done at the end of the day, we would go back into basically was the dorm, and we would just be circling the um, the couch. We'd be circling the coffee table. We stayed in a state of movement. So if you think about it, in the old days primal days people lived on a farm they were always doing something so if you like what you said if you like ballroom dancing or you like the exercise of doing something you should do that but at a minimum you need to get off the couch and move in some particular way and that's what's happening right outside my window here at summit you know people are quarantined yeah but it's been amazing like a little bit of weather and people are social distancing but there, you, I've never seen so many people walking, people on the bike sales are through the roof because people are on their bike and going up. I will tell you if you did nothing else, if you think in your mind, I will quote unquote never lose weight because I don't go to the gym and I don't exercise, that's not true. It is not true because you can nowadays you can never have to go to a gym and you could literally be in your place where you live and do anything, but at a minimum, please walk, please move, please do something because it's not... It's it, that movement makes a big difference, and as you know, Liz, um, to exercise away weight, it's it's a it's not usually a, a good proposition. It's tough because some people that I work with sometimes we to strength train. it's the greatest thing in the world, and sometimes your appetite goes to the roof. So it's a dance. It's, yeah, it's, it's a way.
1: dance. Yeah, uh, all of this is a dance. It's so funny because I'm thinking of slides. Right, this is my <laughs> this is my fa- This is my killer worksheet. This is oh. my, these are my six yeah. pillars. Right. Yep. And you see, I've created a circle out of the six pillars, Mm -hmm. and none of the pillars is larger than the other.
2: Right. That's great.
1: Food one isn't bigger than the exercise. The exercise isn't bigger than the sleep. None of them is is outsized. Right. And so what you do is you basically dance all around that circle. You know, some weeks my exercise is just not on par. It's just not. I'm not feeling it. I'm too busy. I'm this. I'm that. The other. Some so I can pull the lever of, you know what, I really am gonna focus on meditation and and my sleep because I just think like that's where I need to focus my energy. So dancing between the wellness pillars, I think, takes the takes the pressure off of it being all about food. And you have to make these these food choices or you'll never lose weight um, as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. No, that and that where where you come back to is permission. Back to permission, back to practice. And once again, that pleasure thing, I cannot tell you enough, if you, you've got to catch yourself in that thought process yeah. of like, how can I, you know, a lot, and I'll also tell you that a lot of times when, when Kim and I've made better choices, it's when we've had a conversation earlier in the day about like what dinner's going to be or something yeah.
0: mm-hmm. I
2: find that if I don't think about it ahead of time, um, it's not going to go well. It's good. Yeah. And that, that's it's funny because Kim and I've always worked together. And when I would balloon through the roof and got up to 435 pounds, what would happen? Kim and I worked together. We'd both be on the computer all day long or work, work, work. Six o'clock would come around and she's like, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And so we used to live over in West Orange, which is near Bill and Harry's, which is in Maplewood, which is Chinese food. And I was like addicted to Chinese food. So I was mainlining Chinese food, like three to four to five times, Week every night. And then when I ate Chinese food, what my thing was, well, if I had Chinese food, it's salty. Now I need something sweet. So I'd have enemies, chocolate frosted donuts, too. And then I would down a glass of milk with that. It's like
1: being a free. Oh my god, my mouth is wrestler. watering. My mouth is watering.
2: <laughs> it's, like, it's like being a sumo wrestler, but it was yeah. just because I had no plan, had not figured anything out. And I was reacting to that moment. And it was just like, I was carb loading and just dying. And I was dead. It's just
1: like, oh. And and Jay, at this moment, the the worksheet that's working best for my folks right now, Uh call it the next 24. Hmm. And I'm asking them to just look hour by hour at the next 24 hours of their life because we are all so overwhelmed and we're so stressed out. But what you're touching on so nicely here is when you just make a small plan, it's called mental rehearsal. There's science behind this as well. And you don't even have to make a plan. You don't have to go as right. so far as to like write out a recipe and buy all the things. You just have to be like, I think tonight, let's, let's uh, do you know, X, Y, or Z. Let's you know, pull this thing out of the freezer and make yep. uh, green beans and a steak and half a potato. I don't know. Um, and, and you jot that down, you will be 80% more likely to follow that plan. Yeah. So that's called mental rehearsal. When you mentally rehearse something, and right now being, I'm not asking you to look at a full week of your life, because that's crazy. Just look at the next 24 hours. Where will you exercise? Where will you get some stress relief? Will it be a bath? Will it be a meditation? What would right. breakfast, um, dinner, lunch of tomorrow look like? Um, just on a loose sense. Uh, you, can, you can play around with it within the context of that 24 hours, but use a tiny bit of planning skills. Mm -hmm. When you talk about practice, that's a practice. Basically at the end of the night, it takes maybe 45 seconds to think like, yeah, I got eggs in the house. I do. Tomorrow's going to be gorgeous. I want to go on a run and, um, you know, dinner, we do have those steaks in the freezer. Let's make that. And I just feel organized and like on top of my life, things may come in and it may not go perfectly, but who wants anybody to be perfect anyway? But if you hit 80% of that, you're going to lose weight over time.
2: Definitely. The 80, 20 rule is, is critical. Um, I think it's, and that that was another thing I did learn from Joe was that, um, uh, she always was talking to us about eighty twenty, no matter what had gone on. Um, I do think one of the funniest things we went over to her house one time. We had a break and we were at her house, that I thought it was so funny. Here's Jill, who's supposed to be this trainer, and there was a big half-eaten box of um, pizza.
0: Mm-hmm. They had
2: Pizza that night, you know. It's like, oh yeah, she's a real person, you know. Um, I think the other part that I, another thing I learned from Jill that I would say to people all the time and to remember is she would always tell us, "Do not surrender." Your power to anyone or anything. And I think that's a very sh- strong thing to think about. What that really means is that, you know, there isn't a person, it isn't you, Liz, it isn't me, it isn't Weight Watchers, it isn't, extra, it isn't anything. A person to make a change in their life in a way that serves them is they have always had the power. It's like the Judy Garland thing you've got the shoes, you know, the, yes, that, yes, like, you've, always, you, had
0: you've always had it.
2: You've always had it. You have the power to ask people like yourself, people like the other people, and you have the power to make those decisions. Um, And and I think that's one of the things that's critical is that you want to make sure that you take ownership, give yourself permission that that it is your life. You have the ability to create it. It may be challenging, life is challenging, but you really do need to do that. And that's why a lot of times when you want to ask people a question for what to quote unquote eat or do or whatever, it has to be a way that serves your life, like what you were saying, like how you're going to live your life because in the long run, that's, that's the most important thing
1: overall. Yeah. Well, and I love that, the idea that you have the ruby slippers. Um, the other thing mm-hmm. I was thinking about as you were talking, actually two really powerful things about that, You know, that idea of permission, the, the thing that I've seen work better than anything is community.
0: And yeah.
1: having the permission to go and ask for help yeah. when you need it and, and say, you know, I am, I'm, I'm struggling all I, all day. I'm thinking about going to get X, Y, or Z or eating this or, you know, doing something that I don't want to do. Um, and having that community that can rise up and say, hey, remember the ruby slippers? Remember you have this because we get in our own heads and we forget these wonderful sayings, tips, tricks, motivational, um, you know, we don't always have, I don't always feel strong, right? right? I don't always feel like I'm I'm not gonna surrender my power and and I need someone to remind me. So I think seeking out community, seeking out the right people to support you, that you can say that when you need to talk and have permission to talk about what's bothering you, um, you usually find out it's not the food that's bothering you. At all, <laughs> no, no. Um, you know. At, you know, it's it's usually something much deeper and much more troubling. And I think that's a little bit about what's going on now with COVID nineteen. Is there's a lot of fear and stress, and and we've written that script that yep. when something gets too scary, too stressful, we can't possibly take care of ourselves at the same time. We, you know, alcohol sales are up fifty five percent. Right, like that says exactly what this this country has learned about how we take care of ourselves in a crisis mm-hmm. and the thing that's terrifying for me and why i want so badly for us to be sharing all of this is you know the top the top you know indicator of trouble with COVID 19 is obesity yeah And so when we say that this is an opportunity, many people are home and have more time to think about this and to address this and to become study and and practice of this right now. So I want to inspire people to think of this in a new way and, and make it fun and positive. Like You and I are living our best lives. Like I am eating meals I love. I am not tortured. I am not hating anything about, in fact, I'm just so happy that I've arrived here and I want to bring as many people along as I can yeah. to this other place. So I think really taking some time to say, All right, today, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at the next 24 hours and I am going to plan some meals that I love. I, I know that that's the question that people come up with of like, What should I eat? And I'm always like, Wait, you know, if you've done one diet, you know oh, yeah. that you should have some lean v- protein and some vegetables. Like, you don't need me to tell you that.
2: Well, and and the other part of that is, is that all that information exists everywhere. We've experienced at some point in time, it all exists. Uh, I'll give you a, a, for instance, um, I never, ever, ever liked vegetables for the most part, ever. Uh, What happened for me, because I have plenty of time, one of the things I did on Biggest is because I like to cook, I have plenty of times in my hand to to cook, so I, I experiment a lot. I don't know why, but there that was where I discovered roasting vegetables. So I'm like obsessed with roasting vegetables because I hated broccoli, I hated cauliflower, I hated like all kinds of any of that stuff. But what I found was I was able to experiment and have some fun with and and to really create all new dishes. So it's one of those things now more than ever, back to the pleasure part. There are certain foods that we like, there's certain textures and tastes and things, and there's plenty of alternatives. You have to figure out what could that be for you? What is the kind of thing that you want that crunchy, you want that savory, whatever, but you will have to be the person to at least step up and try some stuff. And, And I think that's one of the things where I know you share that with people as well. Back the idea of the 24 hours, even if, it's, even if you like one recipe during the week, I don't care what, just something that you can try to experiment with or have some fun with, because if you don't have an arsenal of things, it's going to make a difference. And the other part that I did learn from a, from a nutritionist, which made a lot of sense that I'd never heard it before, the same way you hear a trainer say, don't use the same muscle group all the time, because basically it's a conditioning response and you're not going to really make a change if you don't stress that muscle in a particular way, I learned and I have the same thing, I have to challenge myself with it. We pretty much habitually eat the same kinds of foods almost the same time of day. What they know nutritionally is that metabolically, same response happens to your body. So if your body's used to eating the same kinds of foods all the time, it will not metabolically be as challenged to burn things in a little bit different way. So once again, if you're looking at 24 hours or even a week, you can start to look from a blank slate and start to craft things that you would like to try and do and it's going to take a little bit of thought
0: yeah
2: but it's like an exercise and you'll exercise that muscle and, and you will actually enjoy it and savor it but that last minute of not thinking about it it's the place we go and we just don't make as good a choices when we at least plan some of those things out ahead of time um
1: i i had a couple questions just yes. pop up on the chat of like what is the 80 20 rule um, yeah. for, for me, it's the, you know, basically, you know, giving yourself what I always say is a B, get a B.
2: <laughs> I love that.
1: Get a B. I don't need yeah. an A from you today. Yeah. You, know, you should have some, you know, little bit of something in your day, right? I have a little dark chocolate almost every day, yeah. right? So give yourself a B. Don't be perfect, but, um, you know, really work at, at trying to get 80% of your day really, really well done. How about you? Is that your definition?
2: Yeah, it's, it's really the 80 20 comes into the place of um, like with the one person I work with, William. I mean, his, his 20, 20% in theory is what I would call um, it's your treats. See, I, he, language is important to me too. Yes. I do not use words like um, struggle. Uh, I'm not, this is not to knock other people's words. This is my words. I have words that I find that are disempowering. The word struggle doesn't work for me. I'm actually not a big hope person. I don't do a lot of hope things. I mean, for me, that, so here's the thing I'm not judging your words. Yeah, yeah. Well, my words, but yeah, the, cool. find, I out word that, yes, find out the words. Yes, find out the words that support you, don't support you. So, my daughter and I did a, uh, a video a couple of years ago and it was what she wanted to call was um, cheats versus treats. Mm. We had this conversation, she started, talk, she started talking about she was gonna have a cheat day. I'm like, Jennifer, like we know we don't do the cheat day. The cheat day is what was, we lived our life before was cheating all the time. Just yeah. trying to get away with something. I said, it's a treat. We went, we were in New York, we had gone to a place that she wanted to try this place that had these amazing donuts. I said, Jennifer, it's a treat. We're not going to cheat. We're freaking videoing this thing. How are we cheating? We're showing everybody. So, <laughs> so it's important that what, what, to me, the 80% is whatever your plan is that you know that is probably the, the more things that, that serve you in being healthier. You want to live about 80% of the time, maybe it's walking, maybe it's eating a certain way, whatever. The 20% is that wiggle room, like you said, You know, maybe it's a, you know what, maybe I should have done something, but I'm watching Netflix now, or I'm not gonna go work out the same way, or I want the donut today, but I'm gonna get the donut, or I'm gonna get two donuts, I'm not getting a dozen Krispy creams, um, you know, because I've done that too. We're meeting a dozen Krispy Kremes. <laughs> Kim has done that too. Like we've all done that. I've only, I've never eaten more than a dozen at once, but I've done a dozen at once. Yeah. Um, but it's the 20% is the treat place. It's the place that you save and you savor. Sometimes what Kim and I will do is like, if, she, if we want to have a hamburger and French fries and in Summit, there's a place called Roots that has amazing hamburgers and, and French fries, we'll it's a date night, we go there, we split the hamburger, we split the french fries, not because we're trying to save calories, it's because we know if we go there, we're going to have the experience, we're going to enjoy it, and we're going to savor it, and you know when we get done, we will have had the hamburger and french fries, and we won't be like, oh my god, why did I eat the whole hamburger and french fries, because that's what will happen, it, how many times have you gone to a meal, and you're like, that was really great, but I'm so stuffed, so if that's where you, that 20%, is find those things that you want, that you know you're gonna love. It's like, I love that drink, or I love that meal, but it's not where you were like crazy and you just you went nuts, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so as we have just a couple of minutes left, okay. I wanted to kind of cover our polling. Uh, it looks like in our, the things that, the question was what shifts have you recently made that you wanna take into um, your post-pandemic life? Um, Exercise routine looks like it was about number two and staying focused on what really matters was oh. number one, which I think is really a, a, apropos to this conversation, right? Like, really, like, stay focused on what really matters. Yeah. Can I jump
2: in on that a second? Okay. To me, what that represents is something, it's another conversation, but it's the part that you know that I'm committed to in the work that I do. And it's it's 2 prom. I have always believed if i can work for myself and work with others to create a life that they love and to live it well that is the ideal space to be within so there, that's back to you using the word like a dance living a life that you love is really it's a career or something that you you do that you really you wanted to write a book you wanted to start a business you wanted you wanted to be a singer you wanted to be a chef i don't know what that is but it's so important and especially during this time when more of us have more time on our hands than not, even though it's stressful, there is a quiet place that you can go and start to craft and start to cobble together maybe that idea or thought that you might want and back to your thing with community, I can tell you, I've been helping a lot more people who wanted to write a book or start a business or whatever where they're in this little place right now that's like they see an opportunity for something to happen. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is, because I've been on both sides of it, you don't want to go too crazy either way. You want to take care of yourself. So that thing that you're creating, that you're loving, you're also having the energy and the vitality and your vibrancy to really enjoy that. So I love the idea of being able to create a life you love and living it well. That's kind of where back to a blank slate. You write the script, you create that. And to what you said, Liz, you find others and you find community. So that actually happened, because quite frankly, I know if I leave it to myself, I may have the best of intentions, But I don't get it done. I need
1: Yeah, yeah, we need that accountability. Yeah. Um, I also I had a question earlier this week when we reached out. Um asking about, you know, you've lost a lot of weight. Asking about what does happen with the loose skin for the people that you know who've lost a lot of weight. And and is there, you know, what is your thought about it? What is your experience?
2: Well, two things. First of all, I think I joke with you. Like I love losing weight and then I get the turkey neck and it's like, I live with the turkey neck, you know? Um, <laughs> I'll take I will you the
0: t- neck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. I will tell you that the younger that you get, whatever your desired weight is, the better off you are to, with the loose fit. Because what happens is for me being 435 pounds being like a balloon and i 'll be i 'm sixty two years young. The longer that you do that it 's like elasticity and it just it goes back so well, I have not had skin removal surgery, and it is on my bucket list of something that I want to be able to do because it 's something that I know will make a difference um, I just haven 't gotten around to doing it, but I will also tell you that if you want to do that, you better make sure that your head's in the right space because the other thing that happens, I like, do you know, people have had it done and had the surgery, and then it's like being a snowman because they do certain things, and then all of a sudden you gain the weight back. It's like,
0: yeah. So
2: I think that part of it is that um, there are a lot of things that you can look into that are medically sound and things that you can do. But like anything else in life, you need to see how that fits into everything. But I will tell you that um, the main thing is, is getting clear on – your health and your vitality and being in a place that you are pretty comfortable that this isn't a yo-yo thing. It's gonna have to be like, I pretty well, like I can tell you right now, after nine years post Biggest Loser, it's not really gonna be as, you're not gonna see me another nine years from now, so, oh my God, the wheels fell off again. I mean, Dr. Yeah, Heizanger yeah. from the show said, it takes usually people, now this is his place, this is not an absolute, these don't is absolute, but his point was, usually when people make a transformation, it takes them about five years mentally and physically for their body to get into a place. And it's kind of like, this is about where it's going to be. Could they make a change? Yes. But it's going to take a while, which is why you'll see people that will lose a lot of weight. And then you'll see them a year later, like how they gain it back? Well, we're pretty good. At go. if you're good at gaining and losing weight, you can do it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm with you. And I, I've seen in terms of the loose skin, I've helped several people lose over a hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, the, honestly, the slower that they do it, the better it is. Yep. The yep. body seems to, to really take to that um, transformation much better. So there's my vote for the slower weight loss, to be honest, um, to letting the body's elasti- natural elasticity um, take, take hold. Also, again, back to like the pillars, when you think through all of these pillars, something like um uh sleep being highly underrated is where the body detoxes and recovers sleep is that magical place where you know the body settles uh into that and i'm i'm in total agreement with you um for all this transformation that we make i'm i'm nine years having this weight off and it doesn't mean i have my weight off perfectly all the time i tell my clients all the time i show them my weigh-ins and i'm like see look over christmas i went up (laughs) I show them literally how I'm losing what it looks like. I know you do the same thing. Cause I don't want anyone to be under this crazy guise that I'm like some perfect person who doesn't have my own um my own little moments where I back back off from from my favorite weight. But right. that's fine too. Um, but just going back and saying, okay, um You know, we're not going to be perfect. We do need time to settle into this new identity as somebody who doesn't have a 65 pound weight issue. I'm now, I understand that I I can cap myself around five, 10 pounds pretty easily. I'm always watching. I have the skills. I have the practice in place. That's a very different place to be. And it did, it took me a good long time. So I'm always coaching people to take their time with this journey, enjoy it. Have yeah. pleasure, like you said, in learning. Learn and and blank out that slate with anything that's not helpful to you, right? One, one
2: other thing that I think we will probably have to do in a future episode is um, you brought up something else. One of the big challenges that I found for people that came back from Biggest Loser was um, – People think you're a celebrity because you're on a TV show. You're not. You're on <laughs> a TV show, okay? And so yeah. There's a lot of people that love to see you and all that kind of stuff because it's fun to see people that are on TV. We just are kind of that way. What happens, though, is after a while, that wears off for the person that was on the show and also for the family. And what I will tell you is that I've learned, and I'm sure you because you work with a lot of people, one of the big things that's not really talked about enough and really communicated back to having conversations is how what you do when you're making a change in your life is affecting your partner, your spouse, your kids, your friend. It's, there's a lot that's not said. There's the same thing that's said for when people start gaining weight and you're like, Oh my God, like what's, what are they doing? And nobody's going to talk. It's like literally the elephant in the room. I don't mean that derogatory. It's being like, it is that no one wants to talk about it. It's like, did you see what's happening? They're gaining this. Weight. what's happening? No, oh, don't talk God. about it. That's the same crazy. thing happens the other way. Somebody goes and they start losing weight. It's like, Oh, They're judging me. We go out to dinner. I don't want to go to dinner with them because I know when they're out to dinner, they're, they're eating what they're eating, but they're looking what I'm... There's a lot of unsaid conversations that are very toxic that there needs to be some conversation in family groups of people about when you're starting to do this, because people feel uncomfortable. It's a big challenge.
1: Yeah. That could be a whole episode for oh, us. Oh yeah, without a yeah, doubt. For sure. I'm writing all of this down. So, um, this was amazing. Um, I can't wait to have another conversation with you and we will just get it on the books. Cause I can see just from the response, people are loving it. Um, Good. And I thank you so much for your time today and for all of your generosity. Um, There are some questions that are in the chat, uh, and I'm going to definitely be passing them your way. Maybe we can kind of toggle back and forth, you know, getting answers to um, anyone who we didn't get a direct answer to. We will be following up, guys. And expect more conversations uh, with Jay Jacobs, because he is truly uh, one of the great great, great mentors in a space where there are just very few of us who can, uh, can speak to what it feels like to carry that weight and then to keep it off. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. Thank you,
2: Liz. Appreciate it. Thank you,
0: everybody, for being here.
1: Yeah. Have a beautiful weekend.
0: Yep.
1: All right. Bye.